Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Beauty Biz Show. I am really excited about our guest today. Her name is Anastasia Bryce. She actually is the creator of the virtual assistant profession, and she is the founder of Assist You. The reason I am really excited to have her on the show is because I feel like so many of us beauty biz practitioners are stepping into the role of being business owners, whether it's a brick and mortar or you're renting a space at a salon studio, we have to wear so many different hats and a virtual assistant can be just an amazing support system to help you grow within your business. So what a virtual assistant does, we're going to talk about during the show today. And many of you may not have ever even heard this was available to us as beauty biz practitioners. So listen in, you can certainly see if, if something like this is needed in your business would be a good fit for your business. But I can tell you that it changed my life and allowed me to grow tremendously when I stepped outside my comfort zone and I took on and hired a virtual assistant. Changed my life. So I'm really excited to share this information with you. Stay tuned and enjoy the show because how often do you get to hear from somebody who actually created a profession? Stay tuned and enjoy the show. I know you're going to like it. Hello and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. I'm your host, Lori Crete. I am a licensed esthetician, spa owner, and beauty biz industry coach, consultant, and educator. I'm so excited to share my love of all things beauty industry related with you. So I invite you to join me each week as I feature compelling interviews with industry educators and leaders and inspirational success stories from my fellow beauty biz practitioners. Stay tuned for some powerful beauty biz inspiration. everybody and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. I am your host, Lori Crete. Our guest today is Anastasia Bryce, and she is the president and founder of Assist You. How are you, Anastasia? I'm terrific, Lori. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here because I have to tell you, it's not very often you get the opportunity to pick somebody's brain that actually created an entire profession. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Well, I never thought about it quite that way, but yeah, I guess you're right. And you know, I think the universe is so crazy and the world is so small when we stop to recognize certain things that take place in our life. But I was just searching online, like who could I have on the show that would be a really amazing guest and help the beauty biz industry as a whole by sharing information to, you know, grow a business. And I stumbled upon you and your website. And then the next day, I said something to my VA, my virtual assistant. Oh, I asked this lady to be on the show. I don't know if I'll hear back from her. And she's like, what? She's one of my best friends. (laughs) Yes, yes. Debbie, who I call my coordinator of chaos, she runs my whole life. I love that. Yeah, I've known her for so many years. She is amazing. She actually used to be the, um, the admissions director for Assist You. Oh, so she actually worked for you for a while? She worked with us. Yeah, she did. Um, we, uh, boy, assist you, you know, we've, we're almost 20 years old, and it's a, been a long and illustrious history, and we've gone through a couple iterations, which I know you'll understand because you have your own program, and when we started, it was by application only. We actually really had this in-depth admissions process, and people had to be interviewed, and we, uh, it was a big big thing back then. And so Debbie was our admissions director for a while and and, uh, we trained her as a VA. She obviously has grown way beyond probably even her most interesting dreams. And I love that for her. I love that she's working with people like you and doing things that make her happy and 
and, and other things as well outside of virtual assistants. I just started my, my business, my coaching and consulting business. And I had been, I also own a brick and mortar spa in Los Angeles. And I had been all over the place trying to find somebody to do one little thing here and one little thing there. And I ran into a woman at an event in Atlanta and she said, no, I know who you need in your life. And I remember being so terrified to bring somebody on to help me like this because I go, well, what if I can't afford her? And oh my gosh, when you invest in this type of support, my business quadrupled probably within the first year. And that, you know, that, that statement, that belief, that uh, concern is probably what stops most people from doing it. What if I can't afford her? Yeah. Well, I want to talk about, first of all, where are you located and where are you today? In the world. Uh, I'm, I live and work in Baltimore and that's where I am today as well. I love it here. Do you travel a lot? I don't travel as much as I used to. I, uh, as I get older, I find that I become a much, I've become a much greater nester. I'm so much happier in my own home, and I have started exploring Baltimore more as a, as a tourist would, which is fun in and of itself. It's more interesting that way. But I do love to travel. I do. Because the way you said it, I thought maybe she's on an airplane all the time because of her business and her work. No, no. I, um, I work, you know, it's, it's one of those things you find out for yourself as well when you're virtual. You find out how you work best. I work best literally right here. When I'm away, when I'm out of my element, when I'm in another environment where things aren't as easily uh, uh, to hand, I'm not as effective. And so I'm much happier just being right here. And if, and when I go, but, the, but that also means that when I go away, I go away. That's a great thing to talk about, though, because I don't travel and work. You're smart. I travel. <laughs> and I leave this behind, and then I come back to it. Yeah. So the, why don't we share with everybody listening in what exactly Assist You is? What kind of business is it? What does it look like today? I know you said over the past 20 years, it's gone through a lot of changes. Yeah. So can I start back in the way back and sort of tell how we, how we started? Because that's kind of, I think, an interesting piece too. Back in the 90s, I was actually a travel agent and I worked for my mother and she and her partners had a falling out uh, and they dissolved the company. And she and I went to work for a woman who died two years later of a brain tumor. But in the middle of that, she fired us both. And I really think that the firing was part of what was ever going on with what was growing in her brain because we didn't actually do anything bad. But when that happened, it was really the first time that someone had pulled the work rug out from under me like that. And I hated it. I hated the way it felt. And I came home and after crying about it for some time, I said to my husband, no one's ever going to do that to me again. I'm never going to let anybody do that to me again. And I decided to start my own business. And so what I did was, because she also didn't have me sign a non-compete, I called all my clients and I became a a travel planner, an outside travel planner at a friend's agency. And I did that for a while. And when I worked in my mom's agency, we really did things above and beyond travel for our clients. We helped them with uh, things. They'd call from airports. they say, oh my God, I forgot to order flowers for my mother for her birthday and I'm not going to get it to do it today. Can you do it? So we were doing all these sort of virtual assistant-y things, uh, even though that wasn't our business. Um, so when I started my own business, I continued to do that. And I liked doing it more and more and more. And one day, um, an email list that I was on way back in the day uh, came across, and it was from Coach U, which is a, a provider of training for 
business and life coaches, executive coaches, those kinds. And um, it said that the owner, Thomas Leonard, was going to travel the country on sabbatical for two years in his RV and needed somebody to run his life. And as sure as I knew anything, I knew he needed me. (laughs) So you're like kind of a concierge type service almost. that's what it felt like to me at the time. So I raised my little virtual hand. Thomas and I started working together. And he's the one who used the term virtual assistant first with me. He said, that's what you are. And I said, oh my gosh, that's such a great term. So I embraced it. And we didn't work together very long, but I ended up becoming a VA. I got rid of the, out of the travel industry because it was changing in a way that was not really good for agents. And I started this VA practice, and I worked with best-selling authors. It turned out that's what I did mostly. Um, and in the fall of '97, a journalist approached me about my work and said, oh, "I want to put you in this this trade publication that we do." And when that hit, 500 women came out of the woodwork and said, "Oh my gosh, how do I do what you do? How do I stay home with my kids? How do I?" you know, use these skills that I've had and I've built in the corporate world for 20 years, but do it for myself because I don't get treated well here. And that's when I realized that it could be an industry. And so I smartly wrote uh, an 800-page program, 800-page library, training library, and started Assist You to train women to become virtual assistants and own their own businesses. And that's what we've done for the past nearly 20 years. And although the program has obviously updated and grown, you know, we're not still teaching 20 years ago material, um, I always had incredibly high standards. I always wanted these people who'd been treated so badly in the corporate world to be able to stand in their space and claim their brilliance and, and create businesses that would allow them to be profitable and make the money that they really needed to make so that they could have high-quality lives rather than staying in the corporate world where they were so badly treated. And so that's what we do. I'm very impressed. And we also refer them. We refer them to the people who, like you, want to work with them. So we do two things. I want to know, first of all, let me say I'm impressed that you sat down and wrote anything that was, did you say 800 pages? (laughs) 800 pages. How long did that take you? took about four months. So you were really devoted to it. (laughs) I was so devoted. My husband and I talk about that every now and then because that was a period of time where he would come home from work. I would have been writing all day. He'd come home from work. We'd have dinner. I'd go back and write until I went to bed. And that was my life. Weekends, days. He has always so very deeply believed in me and my vision. And so he'd run the house and he'd take care of the cats. We don't have kids. (laughs) Take care of, you know, the grocery shopping and doing all the stuff. And let me do that. And we we formally launched the company in February of 98. Our first group of trainees came in, I believe it was April. And we were off to the races. Does your husband work with you? No, he does not. He okay. He doesn't have at all the... Uh, well, he's not, I don't think he finds it that interesting. He finds me interesting, and he finds what I do interesting, and he loves the VAs, but he's an IT guy, and he likes to be in a big company with servers and <laughs> things he can play with like that. So he goes off to work, and I stay home with the cats now. <laughs> well, I have to tell you, the reason a VA and Debbie has been so amazing in my life is because I am not a techie girl. So for all the creative beauty biz people that are listening in, don't worry, there are people out there to support you. And we're going to talk about that right now. So tell <laughs> me, when somebody comes to you, uh, let's say a VA wants training, what 
skill set do you teach them? Well, it's interesting because different VAs do different kinds of work. Like you were saying, Debbie's got a lot of really great techie skills. There are some VAs who don't really want to do the techie stuff. They're very much more the customer care the or, or the, the real sort of what you would think of as sort of more traditional administrative stuff, appointments and calendaring and running really the backside of the business. So I decided quickly that trying to teach them how to do almost anything was was going to be like plucking the wings off butterflies. Because if I said, you have to learn this, and it wasn't somebody's joy or somebody's strength, it's going to be like plucking her wings. So we didn't teach them a lot of, we don't teach them a lot of hard skills. What we teach them a lot of is what really people are looking for, even if they don't know it, and that's the soft skills, as well as how to build a solid business. Because most people in life, and maybe you've run into this as well, they have a skill and they want to offer that or, or they've got knowledge. They want to offer that to the world. This is my problem back in the day. I've, I'd, I, I swear on all that's holy, I don't know how I got past it. But I had this thing and I thought, oh, I can offer this. And I didn't know what the hell I was doing. No idea. Uh, didn't know how to build a business. Didn't know how to start a business. Didn't, didn't, you know, they, what I wanted to do was do the thing. But somehow the foundation work, the laying the foundation, the making sure that the business was solid, uh, all of the systems, all of the things that go into uh, laying the, I always talk about it as if, you know, if you're building a house, you want to make sure that the foundation of the house is laid really strongly because if you don't lay a strong foundation, then every step you walk on your floors is going to feel wobbly to you. So I became the foundation girl. And you just found the right people to support the journey that could share their skill set. Yeah, well, that plus when I wrote the curriculum, I made sure that we made sure that these people didn't just kind of go out there and lob themselves into the world to offer administrative skills, that they thought about what they were doing, that they made sure their fees let them be profitable, that they could create a business that was going to sustain them long term because, you know, the stats at the time, and they've grown, actually, it's worse now, but it used to be that 50% of all new businesses wouldn't see a fifth anniversary. And I didn't want that for them. If they were going to leave the corporate world and risk this, I wanted them to see a fifth anniversary, and I knew that what they needed to do to do that was lay a strong foundation under this virtual business that they were going to create, so that was really important to me. Um, so we teach them that, and we teach them about relationship building, and we teach them about how to run a business of this sort, and then, then they figure out. They say, I want to offer this and this and this and this, and I want to take care of a person's, this part of her business, but I don't want to, I don't want to deal with her newsletter. I mean, there are very few of them that don't do that anymore, but I don't want to have to deal with the tech that makes her newsletter go. And okay, then you find somebody who can do that piece for her. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's good for me to know this because honestly, I've worked with Debbie for so long. I feel like she has taken over my life and I don't have to tell her to do anything anymore. It's just done. So it's like, And part of that is because of who she is. And part of that is because she's been doing this for so long. And, she, you know, it's, when, I, when I became a travel agent, for example, we didn't have computers in the agency. So I had to learn how to plan your trip, and I called the airlines, and then I hand-wrote the ticket. So I knew how to do all that old school stuff. So when we got computers, and the computers would go down, as they inevitably would, I was never stopped. I could still do what I did, but the newer people were like, what do you have? Uh, I don't know. Debbie's old school. 
and new school. She's got the benefit of all the history that she has in this industry and all the history she's had in her business and all the things she's seen. And that's the value she really creates is bringing all of that to bear for you now. Newer VAs, you know, they, they've got all the hot, cool tech, the hot, cool knowledge now. They don't have the, the old schools, the old school stuff, the, the stuff that, you know, can be brought in and, and figured into the equation. They just don't know it. I find it all fascinating, all of it. Well, you know, we have something in common because I used to be a flight attendant, so I know all about writing those right. tickets out. And yeah. <laughs> I remember reading that about you. Yeah. Yeah, I used so, to be. Yeah. And I ended up in my profession right now because of getting the, the, the rug pulled out from underneath me too. It's funny how those things happen in our lives and they seem so tragic at the time, but I really think they are just leading us to our, our destiny, so to speak. Yes. Absolutely. I would not be here if that hadn't happened. There's just no way because <clears throat> I was raised by, I mean, my, the fact that my mother owned her own business, I look at it, I look back on that now and that was pretty remarkable because she was raised to be an employee, you know, and, and my father was a lifelong employee, you know, he was, he was dedicated and loyal and all of that. And um, I was raised by those people. That was my model. I, I didn't know from business ownership whatsoever. We must be around the same age because I feel like even my mom was one of the first generations that went into the workforce and they were usually 99% of them were not business owners. They went to work. My mom worked at a bank for 30 years. Yep. Every day. Yeah. Loyal. And my husband is that guy too. I mean, we can get three feet of snow and he's planning to go to work the next day. And I, even though he could work from home and I'm saying, honey, please don't go to work. There is nothing that makes risking your life in three feet of snow worth going to work. But he's <laughs> yeah. that guy, you know, he's, we, we all need employees like that. <laughs> yes, you. I'm sure. When you sure. own a brick and mortar, your husband sounds like a, a heavenly employee. <laughs> he, well, I'm sure he is. He, you know, he really is. That guy's loyal. He's, he's all those good things. But I'm sitting at home going, he's going to die. You know, <laughs> please stay home. <laughs> yeah, I grew up in Vermont, so I get that whole snow, scary driving thing for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. So let me ask. And down you, here, we're not really prepared for it. Oh, that's true. I've been in Atlanta before, which isn't that far away from you, and it snows like an inch, and it shuts the city down for three days. Yes. So. Yeah. When that happened, it was was it last winter or the winter before? I had a friend that was stuck on the highway for something like ten hours. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, I would have a nervous breakdown. Yeah. 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 So. Me too. I, th I want to ask you, my profession, the, the people in the beauty biz world, the hairdressers, the estheticians, yep. the nail techs, we are really more creative than, uh, I would say, you know, more right brain than left brain, most of us. So You're artists. Yes, it really is. And we're very, we're pampering people pleaser. We're a creative artist. But then I think we get terrified with the business aspect. And you kind of have to know both, especially because I think a lot of us are stepping into the roles as business owners and solo practitioners. And I really try to teach in my coaching programs, you got to get a newsletter out, you know, at least every month. And you have to have somebody to support you in the graphic design and the website design. So if they were to call assist you, how do you think that your business could best provide support for somebody in my industry? So let me tell you how that works 
first of all. So we have something that's called the registry, and that's our referral service. And our, only our graduates, the people that we've trained, are eligible to receive referrals from us. So it's not you know, your rogue person out there that we don't know anything about. My feeling was if I'm going to uh, be willing to refer you, I have to be sure that I know how you were trained. They also all agree to run their pra- practices in accordance with our ethics pledge which was also an, another important factor to me when I was doing this, was making sure that people ran ethical businesses. Additionally, we have, although in the whole time that we've had this, we've only ever had three of these filed, we have a grievance process. So if a client is working with one of our VAs, one of our trained VAs, and she does something that's in violation of that ethics pledge, the client can file a grievance and we get involved because that's important to us as well. So there's all this back stuff that, that as a client, you may not even notice, but it's there. The, the foundation behind what's happening is there. So, so a client goes, and they have ways of getting a referral. They can either do it themselves, and it's free, completely free. They fill out a form. They talk about what they need. They tell us you know, what their goals are, those sorts of things. That Whatever they share about themselves gets sent out to all of the VAs in our referral service who are reviewing these things to see if they think, A, they can help, B, it sounds like a good fit for them, and they are looking for fit. In the same way that you and Debbie fit, it's, an, it's so important. If you're going to work virtually with someone, especially if someone is going to be in your life for the long term, which is what most people really want, um, they want somebody to have the keys to the kingdom. They want somebody to know where uh, – I, I always do the, the other metaphor. They want, an, they want somebody who knows where the bodies are buried and, yeah. and that they can trust with that kind of thing. They want somebody – um, around long term because that's where the value it really is, is having somebody who can be a partner for your success, not in a legal business sort of way, but in a relationship sort of way. Um, so the VAs are, are looking at the requests with those eyes. Do I really feel like I could probably climb in and be a partner to this person and support her or him in whatever the goals are and whatever she really wants to do? If so, the VA contacts the person who put through the request and takes her into a consultation process where they explore whether they could work together, where they would be a good fit and all of that. And the goal, hopefully, is that the person who placed the request finds someone who will be that person, and they ride off into the sunset happily together to work together. We also have two other things. One's called a wise help session if somebody's not really sure what is needed or whether working with a VA would even really be a good fit because of what's needed, I do what's called a wise help session where they can, someone can spend an hour with me exploring all of those. And one of the things that's really good for that is exploring whether expectations are realistic or not. I, you know, you have to work with somebody for a little while to get it down. I think everyone says, you really oh, do. yeah, it's like at first, you know, and especially when you can't sit in front of somebody, you have to have the patience and the clarity to really communicate what you want and need on both ends. Yes. I love that you do that. What do you call it? A wise, a wise help session. I love it. I love it. So it's just for people listening in, because some people have never even heard of a VA before that are listening in. And I know they're dying for more details. Give me some examples of things that a VA would do for me, a brick and mortar business owner, you know, like, um, do, do they help with bookkeeping? I know they create PDFs and flyers and posters and give me some examples of how else somebody would, would create this type of relationship and support. So if we're talking about, you know, uh, an owner of a beauty biz, 
um, and I know you also have some um, people who would probably consider themselves body workers or healers as well, yes, too, yes. right? Yeah, I, I do Reiki, so oh. I've fallen, I'm, I'm kind of part of your tribe, too. But for anybody that's running a biz, whether they've really thought of it that way or not, there are all the back-end things that are not the working with the customers, the not, anything that is not delivering the service is what I would consider more of the back office stuff. So it's all of the administrative, the customer care, the uh, operational stuff, ordering supplies, again, customer care. I was thinking about, I was trying to think through, because I am a huge purveyor of services, I must say. I have never met a table I didn't, or a table or a chair I didn't like. So put me on a table, put me in a chair, do anything you want to me. <laughs> I am happy as a clam, seriously. Um, and so I was thinking through all of those things as well as the, the, the establishments that take care of me and uh, some of the healers especially that are in private practice that take care of me and what I was thinking they could use VAs for. So, yes, you mentioned flyers and, and things like that, but there is the customer care, maybe helping people schedule appointments, especially uh, if you're a solo practitioner and you're using something automated or you want to use something automated to help clients schedule their own stuff, uh, I can, because my salon has an auto scheduler and it sometimes messes up in terms of timing, um, they're constantly calling me and saying, we really can't do it at this time. Can you come at that? Yeah, sure. Well, theoretically, I would like to think that a VA would figure out how to make that not happen for you. But if that was happening, the VA would be the person, you know, getting in touch with the clients to reschedule, all of those sorts of things. Some VAs do light bookkeeping. I think if you're, if you're running a business, you really need a, a, what I would call a full charge bookkeeper, somebody who isn't just knowledgeable how to stick stuff in QuickBooks but someone who can really end up generating reports and help you understand what's going on in your business, as well as providing tax-ready books at the end of the year so that you can give them to your accountant and it'll save you money when you get your taxes done. That's also a really good thing for a bookkeeper to do. And VAs, by and large, are not full-charge bookkeepers. They are the ones who know how to put, plop stuff into QuickBooks. Um, I, I would not, and this is me, you know, I'm like the poster child for using VAs too. I wouldn't give my VA bookkeeping. I wouldn't even look for a VA to do bookkeeping. I'd look for a bookkeeper. I, you know, you're giving me some ideas here because I have an assistant in my office at the spa as well. She does, she mm-hmm. checks my emails and she does all my social media posting, but that's something you could, you could sit down and create with a VA, like get your Facebook Absolutely. post out. Another thing I get asked all the time in my coaching business is Lori, what do you do with your phone? How do you answer your phone? Like a VA mm. could even be checking your voicemails and returning calls and your emails and sending out your client consultation forms to your new clients and, and expressing your cancellation and late runner policies. And <laughs> uh-huh. So they, they can play the bad cop for you. You can be the good guy when the client comes in. Absolutely. So all of that stuff. I mean, while you're doing whatever it is that you do, delivering whatever the services that you're delivering, all of that stuff could be handled. The one thing I want to say, remember when I was talking about the Wise Help session and I said one of the things that I often help people do is look at their expectations. One of the things that a VA generally is not going to be in a good a good fit for is if somebody wants their phones live answered and the reason for that is that a VA imagine she's sitting at home well actually any any beauty person any beauty pro can understand this you've got multiple clients 
and you can't be instantly available to anybody because you're working with you're on a schedule and you're working with other people. So you return calls when you're when you can or you answer your email when you can or whatever. VAs are working with multiple clients. That's their business. They have multiple clients. They don't have a lot of them, in fact, most VAs won't have more than five or six because they want to do a deep dive with you into what you're doing so they can help you, really help you. However, they can't be instantly available to answer phones. Oh, yeah. This is, you're exactly right. I was going to say what we do is we put that on our voicemail. We'll check between clients. So you could easily just schedule mm-hmm. a time for a VA to check your phones. Like, please check at Absolutely. nine, noon, and four in the afternoon. And then it takes it off your plate. And I think people, um, you know, our clients that come into our spas are okay with this. They know it's just a shift in the culture of the industry. There's not a live person always there to answer the phone because you can do so much automatically online. Absolutely. Even like websites, I guess you called it soft skills. That's another thing that my VA does for me. She'll go in and change a price on something if I decide to do a price adjustment or, Mm. you know, that just having somebody there for you when you need these things, it takes a lot of stress off your plate and allows you to really show up in your treatment room or behind the chair. Yeah. And let me say something about those hard skills versus soft skills things. Most people genuinely are always thinking hard skills, like being able to do the newsletter that you were mentioning, that being able to work the software, like if it's MailChimp, for example, being able to know how to go into MailChimp and set it up and make sure that it goes out and do those things. Yeah, some of that's hard skill, but the, but the soft skill is the underpinning. The soft skill is understanding how all the pieces fit together and how to make it work so that it appropriately reflect, reflects your business and your brand. So it's almost like always having... So Debbie, for you, for example, probably always has you in her head to some extent. And she's always thinking, how would Lori be expressing this? How can I make this go out and have it sound more like her or more like if, the, if you've given the business a particular voice? Some people do that. Some people are the voice. Some people have a business voice. But whatever the voice is, how, do, how is everything set up so that it conveys everything in the same voice? That's a soft skill. That's not a hard skill. Connecting dots is a soft skill. I write so much. I write for two of my trade magazines. I do a newsletter for my spa. I do a newsletter for my coaching business. And I like to brain dump. I like to throw it onto paper and not think about it. And it's nice having somebody there that will clean it up and actually make it sound like me and readable and you know edited properly with the right punctuation. And I just want to dump it all on paper. So I don't know, is that a soft skill or is that, would you consider a hard skill? No, that's a hard, that's a soft skill. All of that. Every, every bit of communication, communication is a soft skill. Uh, Writing falls into that. So does how she speaks, how she communicates with people on your behalf, all soft skill. Picking up the phone is a hard skill. And calling a client back or dialing the number is a hard skill. Okay. The conversation, soft skill. And who want, I mean, if you, if you own a business, you want, that's what you want mostly. You want somebody that is, is right on target with your company culture that you can trust to actually interact with your customers without turning them off or making you sound stupid. Or, you know what I mean? And that is, that, that, it's, it's sort of the unsung hero. It's something that people aren't thinking about, but it is really, the soft skills are what they're really looking for. I love it. I hadn't, I mean, like I said, Debbie has been running my life for so long. I really don't even know what she does for me anymore. I just know that it's done. It's done right. And it, and I think as small business owners, 
you're right. There's a there's a there's a very high percentage or a high chance that you may not make it five years. And I think to overcome that statistic, you need to have the right people supporting you. Absolutely. So stepping into that, I know what people are thinking now. They're going to want to know how does a VA charge? <laughs> do they charge? I know you can do packages. Is it hourly? Will you just share that with the listener so they get an idea? They can wrap their brain around how they would be charged if they wanted to hire a VA. Yeah. So what I want to say is. Since our industry isn't regulated, it isn't licensed, it isn't regulated, people, it's like the wild, wild west. So if people, if your listeners, if you guys go out and you're looking around for VAs, you're going to see everything under the sun. You're going to see VAs that charge, uh, and I'm talking about U.S.-based right now or uh, let's say North American-based, um, VAs who don't know any better, who are billing at $12 an hour, don't go for that. Uh, the reason I'm saying that is they can't be profitable at $12 an hour. Think about the fact you couldn't be profitable at $12 an hour. So um, they can't run a profitable business at $12 an hour. They're going to go out of business. So you, you'll see the low-end people who don't know any better um, and probably are not running a very professionally run business anyway. Before I, I met Debbie, I was looking everywhere. I was looking online. I was looking on Yelp and I was getting people. They were charging me a lot more than $12 an hour, but I would have asked somebody, could you make this flyer for an event I'm having at the spa and turn it into a PDF? And it looked like my five-year-old niece did it. I would, yeah. I spent a lot of money on stuff that was not, I could, it wasn't even usable. I think one of the best skills, and again, a soft skill that a VA can have is the ability to say, I can't do that for you really well, but let me find someone who will. Oh, yeah. Right? Because again, if she learned 500 new things every single day, she'd still never know how to do it all. Sooner or later, you're going to ask her for something she's never done, never had opportunity to do, maybe isn't her strength. It doesn't matter. She she should be a one-stop shop. You should be able to go to her for anything you need, and she should either be able to do it at the level you need it done or help you find someone who can. And then probably watch over it while it's happening so you don't have to. So a good VA should have a robust Rolodex. Absolutely. Um, to go back to how they charge, though, you'll find the, the ones that are 12, you'll find them all the way up. The only ones that I can speak to with any seriousness are the ones that we've trained. And that isn't just me being, you know, hey, guys, come on over to assist you. That isn't it at all. It's just they're the ones I have the most experience with. And generally, they work on retainer. They uh, a certain number of hours in a month for a for a fee, whatever that is, um, and that fee is usually their hourly rate times however many now hours that is that they include in their retainer. So, uh, if a VA is billing at forty five fifty dollars an hour and she's a ten hour, has a ten hour minimum retainer, you're looking at four fifty to five hundred dollars a month. That's generally the way that's done. You will see other people out there who are doing packages. They'll do all your social media for X number of dollars a month, and they'll do other things for another fee. The reason that we kind of, you know, you'll also, I'm sure people, you've probably heard it, other people on this listening back have probably heard, stop trading your uh, hours for dollars. Yeah. And that makes sense in certain instances, but as a foundations coach, I got to tell you, you need to know how much money you need to be making every hour that you're working 
in order to know whether you're profitable. And I teach this in my coaching program because I don't think, again, as creative people, it they don't understand what a game changer this can be if you really focus on that. And you know, you say that they charge a retainer and it's a certain amount every month. What I found when I first started investing in a VA is it pushed me to get stuff done because I knew I either spent that money or I wasted it that I was paying yeah. my VA. And it also helps you create unbelievable clarity and it improves your communication skills because you, the more you can fine tune what you need, the faster and the, the more in line with your brand, you can get it done. Absolutely. And it's also, if you don't, if you're, if you notice that you're not using or you're getting close to the, closer to the end of the month and there's more hours available, you could always, you should be able to, uh, especially the longer you're in this relationship with this VA, with your VA, say to her, Hey, I noticed that we've got some extra hours what do you see that we could be also working on? Maybe we can work ahead on something or do more of something or what should we be looking at? And the VA, from her perspective, can share what she sees too. It isn't, it is your responsibility to use your hours, but that doesn't mean that your VA doesn't have ideas. So again, hourly, so once our VAs know what they need to make in order to be profitable, it also for them ends up being the cleanest and clearest bill, which is have an hourly rate and then it's just whatever that hourly rate is times the number of hours. That's very clean, clear. It's fair to you. It's fair to them. It's fair to everybody. There, there you'll see VAs will say, oh, I'm going to charge you $6,000 and you get unlimited time. Well, that's great right up until the time that you actually want unlimited time because she's betting that that isn't what you want. She's betting that you're going to use very few hours and therefore she's going to be making a lot of money. But the more hours you use, the less money she actually makes. Does that make sense in terms of what she's delivering? Yeah. So we, we just, every model that we've ever seen, we come back to the fact that in the VA world, we believe the cleanest, clearest, fairest model is, a, you know, there's an hourly fee times however many hours, period. Yeah. At first, I'm like, I don't know if I want to commit to that, but it, it did make sense the more and more that I got involved in this type of relationship. And like I said, it, was, it held me accountable. I was getting stuff done that I had had on my to-do list for 10 years. Every month, yeah. I would accomplish something that got me excited. And, and that's what really, truly helps your business grow. I agree with that. I think that when you have someone a retainer, there is a... So first of all, there's a commitment of sorts that's made. You know, that unless you're going to not work together anymore, this is going to be ongoing every month, consistent like this. And it's like the old model, maybe some of uh, your listeners re remember this model, you know, having an assistant or a secretary sitting down the hall. It's like that. She's always there. She's always there to, you know, support you. She's just sitting in some other place. She's not down the hall from you anymore. So that's good. But I do want to say that there are VAs who work on what's also called the pay-as-you-go model, which is a model that is often useful for newer business owners who need some help but may not quite be ready to, uh, to make the commitment to, say, a 10-hour retainer. Ten hours, if you think about it, is not a lot of time. No. It may be every bit that you need. My, own, my, my whole company, this is the honest truth, my whole company runs on 20 hours a month of VA time. Wow. How many VAs do you have supporting you? One. And how long have you worked with her? There's one VA, and then I have someone doing my social media. So the two of them together, it's 20 hours. Nicole's been with me for seven years, and Kelly, who does my social media, has been doing my social media for, uh, I want to say, five, 
or so. I also have other people that I call. I have a, my tech guy who takes care of uh, programming and other, you know, higher level webby kinds of things that need to happen. I have a graphic designer that I love that I call on when I need graphics. But you, do, you probably need more help than you think you do, but you probably don't need as much as you think you might, especially if you get your stuff systematized and automated and all that sort of stuff. All of that cuts down on how much time it takes for things to happen. But there is this pay-as-you-go model, which, says, which is basically where people say, you know, if you need three, five hours a month, maybe it's five this month, maybe it's seven next month, I can manage that, and that's what I'll bill you for. So that sometimes is a great way to ease into it. I will also say that most of the assist UVAs who offer pay-as-you-go don't offer it for very long because they realize they can't do their best work because they don't have enough time to dive in and really get to know what's going on with the business and what you, what you as an owner really need and want and how they can impact that. Two to five hours a month is, is really, that's a ta- those, are, those are tasks. Those are putting out little fires. So let me ask you this, and I'm, this is kind of it, a question that you may or not may not be able to answer. But what is <laughs> the most unique type business that you've ever seen get VA type support? Somebody you'd never expect to have a VA. Well, that's a great question. I, I, can I change the question slightly? Of course, <laughs> I kind of just threw that one at you. So yes, you can change it uh, because because what came to mind was not the most unique business, but the most unique things that I've seen VAs do. Okay. This is going to be good. Yeah. So there are two stories that I like to tell. The first one is the woman who had moved. She had run a company in Hong Kong. She was moving the business to New York. And when she got to New York, she said to her VA, I need you to figure out how to broker my yacht (laughs) from Hong Kong to New York. And speaking of, you know, you can learn 500 new things every day. You'll never know how to do it all. I guarantee the VA, nobody knew how to do that. But at AssistU, the VAs are also in community with each other, and they don't see each other as competitors. They collaborate. They help each other. So she, in our private community, said, I don't even know where to start. I wouldn't know who to call. I wouldn't even know where to look. And one of the other VAs knew someone who brokered smaller boats from place to place, not <laughs> Hong Kong to New York. But she gave the, the woman's VA his name. The VA called him. He knew somebody. And so she was able to make it happen for the woman. So that's number one. The other one is a much sadder tale. The, uh, there was a, a couple. They were moving from Michigan to New Orleans. The physicians, they were moving to a new city, new hospital. The wife had gone ahead. The husband was finishing up his, uh, his rotation that he was doing, and he was living in a hotel with their dog. And he woke up one morning, and his dog was dead. And he called his VA, and he said, I have to get to the hospital, and I don't know what to do about this. And he left it with her. And she was in Pennsylvania. So the dead dog in, dead dog in Michigan, VA in Pennsylvania, and she... Fortunately, because she knew them so well, she had the family's vet's information. She called the vet. She explained what had happened. The vet went. She also called the hotel manager. The vet met the hotel manager, picked up the dog, and the hotel manager had the man move to another room. Oh, So, yeah, they show up in ways you'd never, ever expect and support Absolutely. you in, in life and make it easier. I think we all need somebody like that on our team. Yeah, it's, and some of it is the can-do attitude, whether it's I can actually do it or I can find someone. 
there has to be a way to make this happen. There has to be, you know, something that can get this done. And fortunately, we have that community at Assist You where, as I was saying, they talk to each other and they ask questions and they share information and resources. So when you work with an Assist You VA, I'm sure that other VAs are collaborating with other people as well, but when you work with an Assist You VA, you really get the benefit of, of the community piece behind her as well, which is, I, I always think that's a huge sort of bonus. Oh, of course it is to have a tribe that gets you. And I, I think that's probably why I work so well with a VA because I do have a can-do attitude. And don't tell me I can't accomplish something because that makes me want it even more. <laughs> so, exactly, right? To have somebody that feels that way on your team, that's awesome. Okay, so I know our time is winding up. You have to get back to your busy day. I so appreciate you being here. And I also would love to ask you if you would share three success tips to help a woman in business. And I feel like yours are going to be powerful because not every day do we get to speak to somebody who actually invented a, a profession. <laughs> so you're definitely out of the box thinker. So share some success tips with our listeners and then I'll let you go support everybody who needs people like you in their lives. You're so awesome. Do you, would you like them to be business success tips general, like how to be more successful in business or specific to working with a VA? I think that whatever you want to share that you think would be the most powerful, because we have so many different types of people listening in, you know, they're going to hit different people different ways. So whatever it is you feel that popped in your mind first. So the first one, I love this one. This one is something I love sharing because most people don't think about it. And I think it would be really powerful. When you start your business, especially if you're starting it as an owner operator and as a solo practitioner, Be thinking about the future. I'm not saying create a long-term plan per se. I think long-term plans for lots of people went out the window when 9-11 happened. We suddenly realized how, how fragile life can be. But be thinking about what you want your business to become. Is this always going to be you offering services? Or is it going to be something that's bigger than just you? Because if it's just you offering services, that's an awesome thing. However, it becomes difficult to do things like take vacation. It becomes difficult to be sick. It becomes difficult to do a variety of things unless you get very straight with yourself about, you know, when this has to happen, it has to happen and my clients are going to get over it or they can go somewhere else and I only want to work with clients who get that. So one of those two things. But if, you're, if you want it to be bigger than you, then start building it with systems that are bigger than you. Put them in the name of your company instead of you. And share things from your company as well as from you, but make them, you know, make, make it so that the business has a voice. I, for example, and where I'm going with this is, so here I have this company. I take the last quarter of every year off, and my business runs without me. And I built it that way because I could see the day when I wanted to work less, not more. Yeah. So that's business tip number one. Think about what you want and build for it. Don't build for today per se. Build with what's coming in mind, what you want in mind. Number two, stretch yourself to get help because you can't have a high quality life if you're stretched too thin. I'm sure you all know that. And if your task is to provide an experience for your customers, which it is for every beauty pro and every healer on the planet, you can't be worked too hard. You have to be present. You have to show up and be really there for the client. So figure out how to get the help you need. Number three, off the top of my head, (laughs) 
darn you. I'm um, sorry. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, number three, be subversive. Subversive is my word. That's what I do in the world. I shake things up. I do things that people say can't be done. I, like you were saying, if you say I can't, I'm going to want it even more. Take risks. Be ahead of the curve. Don't always play it safe. Grow into who you're becoming and, and let it happen. I mean, you may need to sit with it for a while, but, but, but always be growing because I think that where we, uh, and be willing to reinvent. So if something isn't working, look at what you can turn it into. What can you change into? There's always a way. And this comes from my reinventing myself, but also reinventing at Assist You, changing the way our program operated. Um, when the economy tanked, for example, our market, which is generally administrative assistants who are not paid a lot of money to begin with, they were less willing to part with their hard-earned cash to take a risk at starting their own business or pay for a training. And so I had to look at that and say, how do I make this less expensive for them? How do I still be profitable? How do I still get paid uh, for the value that I create for these people? But how do I do it in a way that makes it easier for them? And we took the program offline for a whole year wow. and retooled it and brought it back in a different format so that we could, we uh, more than, we, we slashed the cost of the program by close to 50%. So that it, because we made it leaner and easier, and I think it's even better uh, the way it's delivered now. But don't be afraid to reinvent, because if you stay where you are and it's not working, you're going to die anyway. Gosh, we could have a whole other call about growth, because I feel like it's so important. And the second you decide to grow and you step into it, I feel like you're always challenged. The universe is saying, are you really ready to go there? So it's you've got to power yeah. through those challenges to get to the next level of growth. And if you shutting your business down basically for a year, that shows that you had some serious intention and you were ready for any roadblocks and to power through them. Yeah. And you said it came out better on the other end. I think it did. Uh, it's, it's very different. And the other piece to that was because we, our graduates are invited to stay a part of the professional community at Assist You, which I've mentioned before. When I brought it back, I wanted to be sure that they didn't feel like I was disrespecting them and the hard work that they'd done in the, the first iteration of it. Does that make sense? I didn't want them to feel like they'd gone through this huge admissions process and not everybody got in. And now I was going to say, Oh, you got the money. Come on in. That was, that's not really how it works at all. I just took a lot. I, I automated more. I took more of the people pieces that were costly. I'm not saying they weren't valuable, but they didn't need to be done the way they were being done. And I could do them more smartly for less money. And by doing it that way, I was able to cut costs. Does that make sense? So, um, I brought it back and did it differently and made sure that the, the current graduates knew they were respected and cared about and made it so that it wasn't a less than program just because it was less money. Um, and I'm always looking at things with those sorts of eyes, you know, how do we make things better without, without making things worse? Does that make sense? They say business and marketing skills really, once you you have them, they really don't change all that much. You just have to shift with the culture of the industry. So it probably was a time where where it it was the right time for you to shift and make things automated because gosh, the techie world goes through some serious or has gone through some serious changes just in the last five or six years. Absolutely. And and, and also, can I offer a fourth? Ooh, I have a good fourth. Yeah. 
<laughs> Stand for what you believe in. I like that. I don't care what the industry does. If, if you don't think that something is right for you or right for your customers, don't jump on that bandwagon. It, it's not your bandwagon. That's a good tip for my listeners because sometimes we feel like we have to do what everybody else is doing, even though it's not within our belief system. I like that one. Sure, and there's, in your, in your uh, industry, things change there too, right? They're always coming up with new products and new this line and that line. and uh, it, It's incredible. I look around all the time at, at things and you, you guys can't do it all either. No, I've had to get to the point you know, my, my spa clients will call me and say, what about this laser? What about this product? And I have to just be honest with them now and say, I, I can't keep up with everything. Honestly, I don't want to give you the wrong information or advice. Um, yeah, things are always changing. And I, and I know I don't do a lot of chemical peels. I don't do any. And some of my clients and some other estheticians think I'm crazy, but it's just, I don't like to treat the skin that way. It doesn't mean it's wrong if somebody else does, but those are my beliefs. And it's how I feel comfortable going to work every day and treating my clients. And you have to stay there. You yeah. have to. Because when I said be subversive, that's a way of being subversive. You're saying, you all do what you want to do, but I'm going to do my thing over here. And you will attract the people, the clients, who also see it your way yeah. and who love that you're willing to stand up and do it your way. Those are the people you want because they're the ones that make doing business and having customers and delivering services really fun and, and, and joyful yeah, and make you. your days lovely. Yeah. As well as profitable. (laughs) And sometimes it's hard when my client's like, no, I want a chemical peel. No, I want a chemical peel. Well, I'm not your girl. I I apologize. Right. You know, so, but you got to be okay with that. So I, absolutely. we have listeners out there and I'm sure we will that want to find you online, would you share your website URL? Absolutely. We actually have two um, the main one is assistu.com, A-S-S-I-S-T, the letter U.com. And from there, they can also click. There's a, there's a little link up in the right-hand corner that says work with our graduates. That takes you to our sister site, which is workwithava.com. And that's the site that has all the information about getting a referral or working with me to get clarity and all of that stuff. There's also a great blog for uh, people who want to work with VAs on that site where I write about really how you need to be thinking about things. There's a lot of information out in the world about hire cheap, treat them like crap. They'll work for it anyway. And yeah, there are people who will. Um, but, you, you know, you get more with honey than with vinegar, absolutely. And you get what you pay for. You really, really do. And it's worth investing in. This is your business. And this is somebody that you want to trust. And this isn't, it may be, I was going to say it isn't, but it may be that your sister is the right person to help you in between the time that her new twins nap. Uh, it may not be. You never know. It might be smarter to have someone that, that is running an actual business who isn't doing things between naps um, and who charges more. Uh, there's, you have to make those decisions for yourself too. I can't tell you who's right, but choose i always my biggest thing is pick somebody that fits you not don't don't go for price first and don't be looking at hard skills first look for the fit first and what i always say really is that monkeys can do hard skills but fit can't be fake yeah that's true and they're the people that are going to be communicating with your existing and potential clients and i I want to thank you so much for being here today because virtual assistant and that type of support i don't hear it 
it talked about a lot in my industry. I think it's kind of a new awareness for people. So I'm, I was excited to have you on. Thank you so much for sharing everything. And again, thank you, Lori. Give your website one more time because I know people are going to want to find you. Sure. Assist you, A S S I S T, the letter U dot com is a good place to go to look. Uh, also, work with a VA. Thank you so much, Anastasia. I really appreciate it. And I hope you have an awesome day. We'll chat soon. Thanks, Lori. It's been wonderful. Thank you. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Beauty Biz Show. I hope this episode leaves you feeling inspired to live beautifully. If you'd like a copy of my free report, six simple strategies to generate a dramatic increase in your beauty biz income and fill your appointment book with valuable clients, please visit www.lauricrete.com. Or if you'd like to book an appointment at my spa in Los Angeles, please visit www.thespa10.com. Thanks again for tuning in to the Beauty Biz Show.